Hello and welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I are aspiring writers, but we had a problem where we never actually sat down and write. Mm-hmm. So to cure this core curse, we are issuing a challenge. Each week you sit down for 30 minutes to write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. And then we come on the podcast, uh, we read the story sent in by you wonderful listeners, we talk about what we learned in reading it, and then we, we talk about the other story sent in by you wonderful listeners. Oh, bump the bowl, we're simply here to help you do the right thing. Do the right thing, thing. Doof, media doof Media Production. production. Man, I, I really bungled that, that intro for some reason. But um, Yeah, it's fine. You know, we, we've okay. done this for 111 episodes, so I think we can stumble a couple times. Yeah, so that's actually two years of episodes now. It's uh one hundred and four was my was our actual two years of of uh of episodes. Anyway, I, I know we mentioned a lot. Is it still kinda shocking? Um yes. and also shocking how many stories have been submitted to the podcast. I did uh, calculations I a bit ago and we're we're like but somewhere between eight hundred and a thousand stories written by listeners, which is wild. Y'all are in so much like great content that y'all have done. I, I think it's really really cool. So. Yeah, honestly, if uh, we ever get the um, means to like make that like do the right thing book we were we were uh, mm-hmm. talking about, we could have. It'll happen. Like, I've just been very depressed. So yeah, which which I get it. You know, same same. So but yeah, that'll be e- enough for like a ten book series just oh, filled yeah. with all of these great works written by these fantastic authors, and of course all of the ones that we hopefully will put in them they'll get plenty of time to do all of their edits make sure they're perfect and peachy keen but honestly Mm -hmm. i'm just honored to uh be able to make it this far you know like there were a lot of podcasts that could barely make it to the 20 and uh, or even i mean most i think most podcasts end before like a third episode you know yeah yeah after you know you like do the first one and you're like oh well 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 that's pretty good and then you they make that that second one. It's like okay, this is this is still good. Let's meet next week. And then you never talk to that person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or uh, you do about five episodes, and then you realize, oh wait, this uh, this podcast isn't actually very good. Which yeah. uh, we have <laughs> no idea what that feels like. There's no yeah. secret podcast under the floorboards that <laughs> we'll never see the light of day because it was really bad. Um, hmm. I, wait, I don't even know what what, what you're talking about. <laughs> Good, let's keep it that way. Um, two can't keep a secret, um, or two can keep a secret if one of them has forgotten what the secret was about. So, mm, wait, I think I know this this secret. No, secret. you don't. No, you don't. Are you sure? Yes, you do. Well, I mean, you did. You did. We did record it together, so mm. th- you probably do. Anyway, uh, <laughs> maybe we'll release it as as bonus content one day. Shamefully. Um, it's not that shameful, you know. I'm, okay, I'm proud it's just it was pretty boring. We've done. It, it was just boring. That's all. Uh, anyway, well, before we get into the the podcast proper, um, I did want to add add our voices to uh, an announcement on the Doofy Media Network that we've we've grown by a podcast and a half. Woo! Um, uh, so may I've mentioned before, there's a new podcast in the era doing. Uh, a wild bow work it's called a uh, pale in comparison a packed analysis podcast or i really hope that the epithet the second part is correct i think that's correct they do analyze so so it's a uh, malia and and jenny uh pair of sisters who have really really great uh chemistry they're really funny um changing stories back and forth uh they are 
uh, reading through Wild Bo's Pact with the knowledge of Pale as it's set in the same universe. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's a really, really good podcast. I've really been enjoying it. They also have these bonus sections where uh, they bring in their mom to <laughs> read a couple chapters and her their mom has like uh, some interesting perspectives and it's just, you know, an older person reading Wild Bo stuff. It's entertaining. So um, yeah, I'm really good looking forward to uh, as, as they go through with that podcast and what other stuff they're going to do. But yeah, they're part of the Doof Network now, which I'm really, really excited about. So that's and pretty cool. Exactly. So, so, so congrats about joining the, the family. And uh, I know on my uh, account, this gives me even more of a reason to read these great works. Uh, yeah, maybe you'll do that one day. Maybe if I ever learn how to read. It's been mm-hmm. really hard. Lately. That is. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you how do you get the, the do the writing stories? How do you do that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, thankfully, my um, computer comes with Braille. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, so <laughs> okay. I'm so I'm able to basically translate it in, right. into right. Braille. Right. Um, and yeah, I don't know why, but like just by touching the um, symbols, I'm, I'm able to really understand the uh, piece on a, mm-hmm. on a much deeper mm-hmm. level than I could with my uh, gross human eyes. So. I, I, I have um, an associate. I don't want to say like full on like friend because I, I haven't talked to her in a very long time. But um, I, I have a friend. Well, okay. God, dude, what, what's the fucking proper term for like someone that you're like friendly with? But like... An acquaintance. Okay. Acquaintance uh, who is blind and a writer. So... Um, maybe we should reach out and have our own <coughs> podcast. That would be cool. So yeah, that that would be really cool. I would love to learn about her process. Uh, yeah, no, she has some some interesting stuff. Like uh, she did a a talk at a a conference. I was talking about how, um, yeah, she was having a lot of trouble in a poetry course because uh, a lot of poetry, a lot of it has to do with uh, you know, the line breaks and everything and like the mm. placement of it. But yeah. she was reading in Braille, so like the placement of of the letters didn't she didn't receive that at all um so it wasn't until like uh her and a professor basically like cut out pieces of paper um with the the braille writing of the poem and then like arranged it physically on a board so she could actually like feel the the placement of the poem um so that was pretty cool but um, yeah that's really anyway especially cool cool for that for that teacher you know taking that oh yeah extra step yeah yeah, um, they they had to talk together. It was it was clear that it was a cool thing for both of them. But anyway, anyway, um, what <laughs> were we talking about before? New, new podcast on the network. Yeah, we uh, were talking about the the new podcast. We are so excited for them to be joining us. Um, and I think we were just gonna roll on into the words for this week. Yeah. So what were yeah what were the words this week? Thank you so much for asking. Uh, so this month, as as y'all probably know. Uh, the theme is villains, and we got some fantastic stories this this week about villains, very various types of of villains. Um, so the words that these one that these wonderful writers used to make these great pieces of work were show, persist, brand, and helmet. Uh, great. Uh, and what were or who are we reading this week? Yes. So the story we are going to be reading this week is by Matt. Is, it's it's Matt Freeman from uh, yeah. <laughs> most of the rest of of, of Doof Media. Um, mm-hmm. uh, his username's Mora Denimale, uh, which I actually learned how to pronounce uh, yeah. a, a bit ago. Um, and so we're going to be very incestuous this week and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's, it's you know it's, I love it's it. within the Doof Network rather than someone outside of it. And read his story. 
um, on the podcast because he also uh, needs motivation to keep writing because he hasn't done it in a long time. So, uh, Matt, please keep this up. And also, rest of the Doof Media, we got to bully them into it. we got to bully Scott into it. Yeah, um, after we bully ourselves into it. After we bully ourselves, uh, Scott uh, might, maybe, if I say it on here, maybe more people will hold him accountable. Uh, he, there might be a, like a crossover thing between uh, Kingslingers and us. Um, Ooh, bang, bang. Some some sort of thing like that, um, and so maybe he'll he'll come on here with a Stephen King esque story mm-hmm. that he will write. Ooh, well, do do you and, think we could get Stephen King on this podcast? You're right. I mean, we should just cold call him. Yeah, and just yeah, find I mean, out. I mean, I like have his have his number. Um, so maybe where do you find like it? Around. Uh, yeah. So was it like just, written somewhere? No, no, no. It's it's really strange. Basically, um, my uncle is mm-hmm. friends with his cousin with stephen king's cousin okay so um, they just sort of like pass it along yeah yeah basically basically um and yeah my um my like, uncle's been to his like mansion his very cre- cre- creepy mansion he said that it was really awesome so mm-hmm. um yeah i'm just kind of in the king family um, yeah not to yeah, by know, by marriage but by by marriage yeah not to make you feel any worse about your yourself not being directly no i understand connected to the great stephen king so i mean it was so your uncle married stephen king's cousin and that's how you're you got into the family yeah. no, no no they're 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 friends they're friends yeah well i mean like legally yeah but they're i mean they're basically they're, they're married yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but you they, know, know they other. they like live in um a, a very southern state so they can't really get married right 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 right, 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 right. You know? yeah, yeah, well and so. stephen king would would disapprove so they don't want to get outed and lose all the the king access privileges yes because i'm kidding king is sitting on a a nest egg of wealth yeah and he's so homophobic Mm -hmm. i'm I'm kidding mr king is acceptably not homophobic Mm -hmm. i'm sorry also i didn't mean to slander that he knows a lot about texan politics which i love um yeah he does comment on it a lot anyway let's actually get into uh matt's story this week <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, yeah. and also i think i i, I believe the story is um inspired by some stephen king horror um this is a uh, yeah it's a horror story so if you are uh, not comfortable with that uh, s- skip forward about 20 minutes close maybe. your ears shut them mm-hmm. shut them up staple them uh hey <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a warning for to not listen to horror, Jarvis. Stapling your ears shut is not inherently scary. I think it is. It's it just would be like semi body horror, I guess. That that is a kind of horror, I believe. I so. What if you so. stapled your ears, eyes, nose, and mouth shut? Could you still um, live? <laughs> <laughs> it. I, all right, I'm going to just start reading. Uh, <laughs> Please do. <laughs> um, so this is an untitled story by Maura Denimale. Susie zipped up the temp flap, entombing herself in a pocket of still, cool space. In the darkness, the interior of the two-person pop-up tent felt vast, oceanic. The campfire outside had died down almost totally, giving off no detectable light nor heat. Yet combustion persisted, creeping slowly through the remaining scraps of damp dead wood, which let out re- resonating pops at random intervals. Frustrated tears appeared in Susie's eyes. It had been a singular day, 
a day she knew would live on in her memory limbed with golden haze. She and her friends had tubed down the Guadalupe, Susie herself hovering in the sweet spot where sunstroke is only held at bay by the medicine of cold bottles of Shiner Rock. No other brand would be accepted by her boyfriend, Fred. And periodic, semi-voluntary dunks into the cold river. The result was a kind of mental presence, a vividness of the now that was impossible to reach in normal life. But when they returned to camp, Fred had gone to town in his hatchback to get beer and food. That had been eight hours ago. There was no cell reception, and Susie's fretful waving of her phone in the air had availed nothing. So, Susie was now zipped up in her tent, alone, while Carrie and John and Dolly and Rob were paired off a few feet away and their own shared bubbles. Susie had never been so jealous in her life. Earlier, she had been worried. Like any sane person, she had been gradually more alarmed as the hours ticked on, and the odds that Fred was simply taking his time with the errand gradually dropped off. Something had happened, and it was only a question of how severe that something had been. She tormented herself with vivid mental recitals of car crashes, liquor store robberies gone wrong, and the sudden appearance of heretofore undetected fatal heart defects. But now, alone in the dark, tired, hungover, and a little bit scared of the hugeness of the night around her tiny bubble, there was only frustration left. Here, with no one to see, she could let herself be angry at Fred. She heard a muffled giggle from outside. Probably Carrie, judging by the direction. Keep it down, you two! Rob hollered playfully from the third tent, only to be laughingly shushed by Dolly. The two pairs of youngsters jeered back and forth for an interlude before resuming their relative quiescence. Susie, listening in silently, felt like she was a billion miles away, on some icy asteroid between the stars. And so Susie was the only one paying attention when the footsteps came. She started to reach for the zipper, but stopped almost immediately. The footsteps did not belong to Fred. She was sure of it, though she would have, would have been hard-pressed to say why, exactly. It was simply this, the case that her mind took in a thousand cues. The weight of the footfalls, the rhythm, the sound of sticks and grasses brushing against surfaces, and arriving at an absolute certainty. The footsteps made their way toward the camp. The footsteps went to the dead campfire, then stopped. It was the totality of that stop that made the dread begin to rise in Susie's throat. The silence of it. Abruptly, the footsteps resumed, and seemed to approach the tent of Carrie and John. Under the sound of scuffing dirt and cracking grasses, Susie could faintly hear the couple moving, shifting. The footsteps stopped inside their tent, and the sounds of the couple's gentle movements also stopped. Susie? came John's voice. It's not me, Susie said. Her voice came out in a squeak, half as loud as she had meant to make it, but still seeming to slice through the darkness and quiet. A pause, then in the same confused, slightly annoyed tone, John called, Fred? It's not Fred, Susie said, louder this time. Another longer pause a short conference between Carrie and John, 
Then John shouted, an edge in his voice. Who's out there? Silence. What's going on? Came Dolly's voice from the other tent. There's somebody walking around in the camp, John returned. It's not any of us. Is it Fred? Dolly said, sounding excited. It's not Fred, Suzy shouted, her voice so taut that she wondered if her friends would recognize it. Who the fuck is out there? John shouted. Show yourself. God damn it, fucking creep. There was a flurry of movement, fumbling. Carrie's quiet voice. No, John, wait, what if, what if? And the high piercing whine of a tent zipper being yanked open. The sound of John crawling out through the tent opening, clamoring to his feet. What? A wet, heavy sound like a slap like a bleeding ribeye being dropped onto a butcher's board, reverberated through the trees like the pops of the smoldering log. John? said Carrie. Johnny? Nothing. Then the footsteps. Carrie, Susie said. Zip up your tent, please. Please zip up your tent. Hey, called Dolly. You've got a gun in here, you sick fuck. So you get out of here. You you get lost, you hear me? Dolly's voice, near screaming, seemed almost drowned out by the footsteps as they approached her tent. Where's the lamp? Rob said calmly. A click, and there was light from outside. The footsteps ceased. Do you see him? No, you're going to have to go look, said Dolly. Rob laughed humorous- humorlessly. I'm going to have to go look. Fine, I'll go look, chicken shit. The shriek of a zipper. A crunch. And the light died. Susie was plunged back into even more total darkness, her eyes having adjusted to the meager lamplight. A long, stretched out, gurgling sound, like a person trying to inhale a, a full breath through a straw that was full of mucus. Then silence. It's summer, Susie thought. There should be the sound of insects. Frogs. The night should be alive with noises. The footsteps resumed. Susie didn't call out. There were no more sounds from Dolly in Rob's tent. But she could still hear Carrie's panicked breathing. Part of Susie urged her to call out to Carrie. Another part pushed her to begin rummaging through her bag or Fred's backpack in search of a weapon, maybe a knife, a shovel, something that could be used like a club. Neither of these urges moved her. The whole vast horror of the night outside sank in and down on her shoulders, filled her chest, paralyzing. The footsteps moved to Carrie's tent. Carrie's breathing came faster and louder until it was a wheeze, a whimper. After a final, shallow inhalation, it ceased. There was nothing left in Susie's world except the pounding of her heart in her pocket of space, protected by a gauze-thin stretch of fabric. They found her two days later, still inside the tent. She screamed and clawed and bit when the police dragged her out into the sunlight. In later years, she would, remember, she would remember this in flashes. Her friends' bodies had already been zipped up in black bags, lined up in a row. The black pit of the dead fire. 
the sounds of crashing footsteps all around, the footsteps of her rescuers. She would try to forget how, through that cacophony, she thought she could hear the footsteps. The footsteps. The weight. The scuff of the dirt. The rhythm. The sounds of grass and vegetation brushing against skin. And they were her footsteps. Mm, all right, all right. So a really great story. I really do love not only the overall tone of, of the story and how it's very uniform throughout, um, but the twists and turns towards towards the very end really does sort of add a whole nother dimension to this story so at the end it's kind of hinting at her being the one that took out her 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 friends right without even really knowing it within a sense so yeah this story does really sort of set up this almost supernatural s um the supernatural s atmosphere how even though it is the dead even though it's a dead of night during summer there is no no sound there is no frogs there is nothing people are calling out from from here to there and yeah like this this story does really well at um sort of making this chaos not chaos on the page you know to where it's not so con confusing and you understand this this fear that's being set up um and you know especially to sort of uh accomplish a whole story to this caliber in such a short time is really astonishing so great job um well i, I expect that uh matt probably went back and, and edited it a bit um, probably yeah, yeah, yeah i don't think this is like right off of a uh, off of 30 minutes but um <laughs> But it is a, yeah, it's a really good story. I really like the, um, the way that the lengths that the prose goes to to build that silence and that footstep. Yes. I love the the repetition um, at the beginning and end of uh, all the particular details of the footsteps. Um, I think is really it, it very much feels right, um, and. Uh, I think it's very well placed uh, in that building of like the silence and how like first we have the sort of that totality of the stop and stuff like that. And then in the thoughts, right, bringing in a character's horror is described the the silence of um, of the night and uh, and so on. Um, the and, and of course, uh, there's some other uh, really nice bits of figurative language uh, like that, that impact um, that kills uh, John the the wet slap of the mm-hmm. ribeye of a of a bloody steak being slapped down you can you know you can very much yeah uh, feel definitely. it and that it, um it, that um mm-hmm. ragged breath that sounds like slurping air through a straw filled yeah yeah, yeah 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 that's yeah. a good, good moment yeah yeah and um and, and and not just the bloody bar- parts there's also the uh you know 10 billion miles away as if uh, on an asteroid you know like in the middle of nowhere true middle of nowhere Mm-hmm. Um, and that that distance, that dissociation. So yeah, a lot of really good um, figurative language. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the reason why this story feels so successful and was trying to get across is that it spent a good portion of time in the beginning, really setting up this atmosphere, setting mm-hmm. up how they are out there in the woods and how sort of isolating this this really is. 
and you know in most stories it would probably hop right right into when the haunts start and this story kind of does that too you know we we really don't spend too much time in in the beginning but all of the time that we do spend in, in the beginning is just pure imagery it is setting up the tones and 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 the moods for the rest of this this piece so yeah overall it's really strong um i do feel that the only thing that I felt wasn't necessarily missing, but could definitely elevate this story uh, even further. Was I wasn't totally sure on the relations between these characters, and you mm-hmm. know the the exact reason to why they were out there. I mean, I'm going to assume it's probably just you know a camping trip gone wrong. You know, we've mm-hmm. seen we've read plenty of stories like that, and we've seen plenty of movies like that. But I think really setting up the relations between these these characters and really how this sort of main character fits into the dynamic of this of this wider group is something that i think on a further edit could really elevate this this story like like i know the uh, moment between um i forgot what the characters were were named but 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 basically when um one of the girls said oh oh you you have to go and uh check it out but then the other one came came back with, with a joke i think that was a really nice moment um that really sort of showed their sort of playful s s banter even in the face of this fear i just do wish that um there were more moments that gave us a lot more character um within the bulk of this story but of course being being written within within 30 minutes rela- relatively this is a, of course a really great piece yeah, um, I, so the ending, I want to um, think about it a bit before I come down on either side. Because um, I think there's like clearly like sort of two main interpretations going on, or, or maybe three. Mm-hmm. Um, one is just murderer and just, just serial murderer in the woods, and Susie is sort of like uh, mistaking her own footsteps out there for some reason. Two, it is... It was her actually, and she was just associating and, and doing all the murders. Uh-huh. And three, it's a supernatural thing that is sort of a meld of one of the others, right? Either a supernatural killer that's like happens to also be her, or maybe some sort of like supernatural sort of possession kind of thing. You know, spooky campfire story stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing is that I know that it's very much supposed to be leaning towards that that second one. There's a heavy implication of like somehow she's involved right either she did the murders or i don't know doppelganger or something right mm-hmm. um and i don't know if matt has like a true answer in mind or this is just like you know a mystery you know like campfire stories in particular it, if you were going to tell this as as one it doesn't actually need an answer it doesn't matter right it's yeah, the, yeah. the mystery and the unknowing of it is kind of the point right mm-hmm. however um i was trying to connect the dots of like it, there, there was not quite enough for for me to like theorize on why Susie could have done it. Yes, um, exactly. I think it, you were talking about relationships between the characters, and you know maybe that would be a place to do it. And, and um, there is a a bit of of work I think put into making it plausible that it's Susie because, like for example, during all the murders, no one responds to anything that Susie says yeah. at all. Um, and so, like if you go back and and reread it it you can picture it as if it's her and she's just like thinking these things um however and also there's another little hint of like 
when she's when, when the footsteps are first heard um someone thinks it's it's her right maybe because they also can t- tell from the footsteps that it is her right uh yeah it, the only bit of like reason why she would want to do it is because she feels very jealous of them for for having people and while she doesn't but we also don't know what happened to fred right mm-hmm. and so yeah if there was just a bit more of like she didn't want to actually go out here or they've been giving her a hard time or they didn't seem to care that fred hasn't come back in a while or any sort of animosity any sort of reasoning as to why she would have like lost her shit and done murders would have made me continue and like add credence to like oh maybe she did do it without going all the way and be like oh she definitely did right yeah definitely yeah and yeah i mean like on on that point i think that within the story there are those breadcrumbs but they're spaced out you know they are spaced out pretty far to where i can like reading through and like reading that that last line i was like okay cool yeah i can see how Susie could have could have did this but yeah as you said i feel that if this if that was the desired twist um there could have been a lot more character work that's leading up to that ending you know um yeah but overall i do enjoy how it is sort of left open right and you know as you as you as you also said it's a um trademark of these kind of stories right there's always that like last twist to sort of driving Mm -hmm. the uh the knife a bit further right um and i appreciate it being within this story and i also do in enjoy how there is set up for it you know because i've read plenty of plenty of stories that just have a twist ending to have a twist ending um mm-hmm. but there is reason there's there's a reason to this madness within this twist ending um i mean that coupled with the uh really great imagery and and how the story is really playing with sounds um the the lack of sounds the the isolation of footsteps all works really well to not only set up this this um atmosphere but also hint us closer towards this twist ending being true yeah yeah um one one thing um also is that i'm not sure how all of them died i know that uh obviously uh it was uh carrie and or was it carrie sorry i'm forgetting names john was murdered yeah um when he when he dolly and john were both murdered when they started to leave right um but i don't know how um carrie died uh some i i think it might be something related to like uh, maybe a supernatural sort of presence because she just like hyperventilated until until she died right or maybe it was an injury that made her you know slow die but i don't know what happened to rob for example um yeah, unless if uh, well, I suppose it could have been. I'm looking at the the section. Uh, uh, Dolly goes out. There's a crunch. A light dies, and then there's a long stretch out gurgling sound. I had connected them both to the same person, but I actually suppose they could have come from one of them each. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, maybe something to sign- signify that one sound is uh, comes after you know maybe a slight sound of a scuffle or or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. yeah definitely definitely um yeah i i think like thinking back over the the story um like so the twist ending is of course that Susie did it right but in the happenstance of Susie not being able to do it are there any like 
hints within this mm-hmm. story towards a different ending, you know, like it being mm-hmm. some someone else. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, the one thing I'm thinking of is what happened to, to Fred. That's the mm-hmm. one thing what I'm like, Fred? I, we don't have anything suggesting that Carrie did it. Mm-hmm. And was uh, Fred's or, I mean, body found at the end or was it only the other two's body? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, in, in, sorry, not character. Susie, the main character. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. So that. So I was leaning towards you know supernatural sort of doppelganger thing or something, but I'm not sure. But but yeah, I mean yeah, I think that there are many things that can be done within the story to really take it to that next level. Um, of course, you know, giving it more and more time, really filling out these uh, these characters a a bit more. Um, and yeah, I, I think really the biggest thing is that for this twist ending to possibly be Susie, I would have loved to know a lot more about Susie beyond just these tropes that, that the story is sort of operating under, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, overall, of course, you know, we've, we've said plenty of times it's a really e- e- effective story. So I think that's pretty much everything I really have to say on it. Do you have anything to say on it, Alex? Um, no, I, I think just like... Um, I mean, I like the mystery aspect. I like not knowing for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like very, very small amounts of extra information to uh, lead, like get us going in a direction or over another, I think would be would be cool. So yeah, yeah. Put a, put another like scattering of dots around for us to connect. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. But I mean, overall, uh, yeah, great, great uh, entry. And we're really excited to have read it on the podcast. So thank you very much to Matt Freeman. Yeah, and I'm really excited for um, there's going to be that um, sort of crossover thing with us in Kingslingers. And uh, we're probably going to get a lot more uh, Stephen King stories and stuff. So I'm excited to see what other people also come up with in, in this sort of genre. Um, well, actually, so if we wanted to... Um, this is a, I, I forgot to mention it, but we should be talking about like villains and stuff, right? So how do we uh, connect the concept of villainy to this particular piece? Mm, okay, okay, okay. Well, um, I would say that out of everyone within this story, the villain would, of course, probably be Susie, mm-hmm. um, which I do enjoy. This is told from their her perspective, and I'm a sucker for stories that uh, gives proper shine to our beautiful villains, you know? Okay. Um, and I think, hmm, I don't know how this would necessarily fit within the overall canon of a villainy. I mean, it does seem that just, you know, us sort of speculating, because there isn't really too much really being said about the character of Susie. Um, but, like, maybe there could be some sort of underlying issue. I, I'm, I'm thinking it might be some sort of, like, psychological snap slash re, revenge type type deal. Um, but she didn't get uh, away with it because, like, if she was the one that killed everyone, there must have been some, some sort of psycho snap. Yeah, I think it does well at sort of por- portraying this villain, not as really a villain, but as another person in the fray of this huge uh, crisis, right? Sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I think also specifically, like, the murderer as this uh, mysterious force, I, I think is something that we can connect to the concept of, of villainy and is something that we can explore. Like, you know, a villain when we don't know the identity. I know we sort of, we, we have a, a plausible theory mm-hmm. that, it, that it's Susie, but like, for the majority of the story, we don't. 
no yeah. right um and that uh yeah that that this concept of like a, a villain that you don't know the identity of is just this sort of terrifying force it's almost like otherworldly in this it's it's sort of bigger than all anyone else and i sort of connect it to the aloneness of uh susie how she feels like totally isolated this little bubble inside of this uh vast night outside and i think um you know back in like uh english classes in high school we talked about all the different kinds of of conflict right is it like man versus nature man versus man or whatever and i think this is more like a a man versus nature kind of thing man versus world like it's a very much like terrifying otherworldly thing basically um just this mysterious killing force Mm. um and dealing with that and so yeah um i guess the connected villainy is just that uh villains don't have to be human and they don't have to be understandable they can just be like these forces that we have to deal with like death and and um or just the passage of time in general or um uh suffering or any sort of you know Mm -hmm. horrible thing that that we have to experience stubbing your toe yeah yeah Yeah. true struggles but yeah so death is definitely the the biggest villain here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. generally so although some people don't treat it as, as much as a as a villain and that's sometimes interesting but yeah um generally yes i, I do agree mm-hmm. <laughs> of course but yes thank you so much to matt freeman for uh giving us your great story uh but i think it's high time to roll into our listener submitted story section hell yeah yep so uh thank you so much to everyone who did submit your story this week i love seeing uh, all of the stories that we got this week, all of the comments, y'all were really going going back and forth this, this week. I, I'm proud of you. Um, so the stories we are going to be reading, or the stories we are going to be talking about this week. Thank you, thank you so much to Sarah Penguin, Blarry three four five, Jarby Jazz, Matt Set Words, Glittering Coast, and Paradox. Thank you so much for submitting your story. Uh, Yeah, and uh, let's get into it. Exactly. So the first story we are going to be talking about this week is by Sarah Penguin with Heart Heist, with art capitalized. Right, because it's it's like an art gallery, Mm kind of, and it's, but it's also with hearts. Yes, it's quite clever. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is part one, and this time, uh, so part two, I suppose, will be another submission, so that's cool. Um. So uh, we have a character here, Chloe, who's uh, at a like art gallery sort of thing, and she feels totally out of place. Although she is actually a superheroine, uh, which is which is fun. I, it wasn't the only um, superhero sort of story that we we had in here, but neither of them were like you know um, out in spandex. Well, okay, one the other one was, but like not that much, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> she's at this art gallery, feels totally out of place, uh, and then she gets introduced to uh, Miss Toika uh, by the mayor. Um, who Chloe then talks to her, revealing to us, the audience, that um, she knows and recognizes that Miss Toika is that arch nemesis that is supposed to steal from this art heist or from this art gallery that that everyone knows is probably going to happen, which is why Chloe is here in the first place. Um, So it's a a fun little interaction there of just like uh, that evil villainy, super genius ridiculousness of like... Mm stealing something from your own party and the superhero being there and not being able to reveal the identity and stuff it's 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 fun 
Um, but they go into another room, and the art gallery is all basically um, art of various women and um, uh, women loving each other and, and stuff. And so there's clearly like a um, this billionaire philanthropist evil villain has a uh, some sort of of plan, you know. And maybe they're not so bad. I think it's the implication. Mm-hmm. So. And also, I think at the ending, um, we reveal that Miss Toyuka, I think, is a trans. Um, they have some stuff about how um, they were a genetically modified super soldier by their parents, uh, but they um, and they they tried to, or they they changed her body, but what her mind said that she should be uh, didn't mesh well with their idea of that body, so uh, she left. She left those super evil genius parents that turned her into a genetic modification thing and anyway it's like a interesting bonding thing between superhero and super villain uh, mm-hmm. at this scene nice yeah yeah so yeah this is a uh, really solid story a really solid uh lead-in to this to the actual heist um and i really do like how this uh main villain's sort of scheme reminds me a lot of something like lex lex luther would would come up mm-hmm. with uh, stealing from your own art art gallery to like probably sell it off for a whole bunch of money and yeah i just think it's like really fun and this like this story definitely reminds me of the best parts of uh, comic books you know it's it's that you know you can't come up with these sort of like harebrained concepts but make it in a way to where it doesn't just like read like it you know so yeah i mean like going going into the real story i think that the dialogue throughout this is really well is is a mixture of there being very very comedic moments there being very sinister moments um and like overall it's definitely sort of deepening um our understanding of this world and like how it kind of works um and i really do like the beginning paragraph how it just sort of really nicely uh it really nicely sets us up for where for where we are why why we are here and like everything else so yeah overall um sarah Penguin, this is a really great piece and i am looking forward to this part two you know really seeing how this heist turns out yeah yeah i really like these these characters that you're setting up here mm-hmm. yep so all right up next is by blarry 345 with a with the hunt um we so we have a cool um opening here although uh i will say that this, somehow the the reddit formatting was awful i don't know what happened yeah i don't know if, um, if that was i don't think it's i don't think it was intentional okay, i think cool, it's cool. just computer stuff i mean it looks um, nice <laughs> it, it looks like it's poetry but it's it's not yeah <laughs> it's not intended to be uh i i think what it was is uh when they copied it over from microsoft word every single like when the, you know when the line ends and it starts over but it's not like a full line break yeah. you know not, not a paragraph break uh-huh. it reddit made every single one of those into a, a different line break so it, but it looks different on mobile because it's like shorter yeah. anyway yep. anyway thanks reddit <laughs> yeah um but we open here with a with a cool opening here uh, just stating outright what's going on that sajad was hunting a daemon um and so we go through uh, some uh, description of what's going on. Uh, he is like a, a demon hunter. He's hunting demons, and they sort of—they're uh, very rare, but they communicate with each other in these very, very subtle ways because they have to be hiding from each other. Um, and their faces change and such. And 
uh, Sujad knows all of this because he has a demon trapped inside him of himself with like all these tattoos keeping it trapped. But every time he you know taps it for knowledge, uh, it gets a little looser. Um, but he finally uh, gets sight of this demon who uh, sort of beckons him into uh, an, an alley and they sort of start this dance where demons sort of recognize each other and, and see if they're you know just going to communicate or if they're going to try to kill each other. Except Sajad is not actually a demon, um, although he sort of is taking on a similar role and nevertheless... Uh, yeah, so yeah, this this story has really great um, I- imagery. You know, we are coming into this in, in entirely interesting and like new world, but we're also getting great tidbits of like what a what a daemon is, what it what it what it normally acts like, how you can attach one to to one's soul. Um, and I really do like how he sort of goes into this uh, without all of his armor and 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 such so so it gives us a, a very um i don't know closer more sort of intimate look at, at this world without it being you know battle battle every time you know um and yeah i mean overall i think that this is a really solid story it's is really setting up this uh, this atmosphere very well i will honestly just be looking forward to uh, more from from this this world and um definitely more from this main main character so uh really really great job twisting this this story yeah um i think it could have a little bit more uh digging into that stuff about the like the demon held inside and sort Mm -hmm. of like how uh in pursuing a demon he is sort of like becoming one a bit which is I, i know pretty classic but like it's classic for a reason um, and yeah, I think that would be a, a good place to, to have some more stuff about themes and explore that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But overall, great, great story. Um, Blarry345. And up next is by Jarvi Jass with A Visit to Bullstone Estate. So this is a continuation off of that uh, Fleshcrafter series. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we have Esty and um, Captain Harris going to basically this uh, ranch. Uh, they approach the door, and we have a lot of um, interactions between these these two characters. Esty's so excited to be on this case, mm-hmm. and the captain really annoyed um, and and serious. You know, fun little dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are um, brought into the house where they talk to the owner of the establishment, a um, Mr. Harold Bullstone, um, who the ranch is sort of like uh, not doing that great, but otherwise he seems like pretty... You know, he doesn't do hard work. His hands are all clean and such. Um, but they talk to him, and he seems at first to be all good. Uh, but they pick up a couple of things that sort of imply that either he is, like, housing uh, the, the Fleshcrafter or the Necromancer, or he is um, that person themselves. And uh, so they do some more questioning. Um, they talk about the, the 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 building on the corner of the estate that has probably been leaking all those materials that we found in the last uh, scene down there, um, and he basically kicks them out for not having like evidence and sort of accusing him of stuff. But it's very clear from the pros and from the characters that uh, he is directly involved somehow. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get some more interaction with the characters before they sort of vow to continue their investigation. Yeah, definitely. So, um, uh, again, the shining star of these stories is definitely the dialogue. Um, it, it does, it pulls its its weight entirely of um, 
really giving us these really great lines from these from these characters. I, I like how they all sound very different, you know, so it really sort of fills out um, their purpose within the story. And I think them going to this farm and uh, talking to this farmer really did sort of set up the, a really good di- dynamic. And I really do like how... Um, it is written to sort of let us know that there's something up with this farmer while while these while these characters are, are also getting that that same feeling so it so it really does like take us uh along this this journey with these characters really well without really uh letting us fall off or um leaving us behind so yeah i mean overall this this seems like a i mean of course this is a really good series that, that has been going on for a bit uh, and I am really looking forward to seeing how this story uh, ends up topping off. So overall, great job. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I feel like the characters got a lot more characterization than they did in the previous sections. Mm-hmm. Um, where I think every entry has had more, but this one especially, I really got a, a sense for who, um, or for the kind of ways that SD and this this captain interact, and I was really enjoying that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, all right, up next is by Matt Said Words with A Practiced Edge. So this is also a continuing series uh, about a uh, Martian colony where the president of the Martian colony has sort of gone mad and has killed a representative. And um, these two sort of uh, workers uh, found out about that murder. And so they've, they've called some of their superiors and uh, to tell them about this murder but of course it does not go uh, the way they hoped um with um adolfo and sin go there and adolfo is the main character here we get his his narration and we can tell he's just an absolute asshole he's a horrible person i love it uh and it, it, yeah yeah it was really well done and, and how like believable because it's like a vindictive sort of hate and it's sort of like when he has these arguments with the characters they go in there and he's just kind of like dismissing them and insulting them, and we're described how he's like enjoying the the, the feelings and the and, and insulting these people. And it's a kind of thing of like probably at some point in your life you probably have felt good about hurting someone else, right? They they might have been a bad person, maybe maybe it was justified, uh, maybe it wasn't. Um, but here it is definitely not. It's just like being a dick because like it feels good, and you can really tell how it feels good. Um, but uh, he's uh, shown the footage that is uh, that of, of the murder. Um, but before he looks at it, he's like, oh, you can't be spying on the president. And he deletes it immediately without <laughs> without looking at it. And then finally, they, um, they're like, wait, no, you can't do that. That was going to be... Uh, we were going to show you how the president murdered somebody. He's like, do you have proof? And they're like, yeah, you just deleted it. And he's like, well can't do anything don't spy on the president you know just just deal with it also you're both like demoted for a month <laughs> and so it's like a really it really feels like truly like cruel and stuff and uh, we're just like oh my goodness this this terrible awful person but like the sort of almost intentionality of that deletion really like clues us in and we get that uh clue confirmed at the very end where he types out the message implying that it's being sent to that president it's done balls in your court mm-hmm yeah yeah so yeah i think that um especially towards towards the end this this story really does sort of drop us really great tidbits about you know that the the intentional de deletion is a really nice angle that's just showing us so much more about this this like wider world you know stuff that uh we've really wanted to see from this series 
Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I really do like the uh, the uh, character of um, Al Alfado, Aldolfo. Yeah, uh, Adolfo. You know, and how he is a like asshole, but he's also our like main character, and we do understand his intentions, even though it's going about it in the wrong way. You know, and like this this story does a great job at sort of a sort of balancing all of these off putting characters. And really um, helping us to to root for for some, you know, because we are sort of rooting for these underdogs, right? And and I think right. that's the soul that's that's really keeping us going throughout throughout this um, whole uh, piece is that you know they are like the the odds that are against them just keep on getting bigger to where now it seems like the whole world might might even be. Um, uh, against them. So yeah, overall, yeah, really, really great. Uh, really great job setting up uh, these these characters even more. So I think um, this this villain, uh, this like sort of villain in the like a background of the president, is being set up really well. How you know he has everyone in his pocket. So yeah, I mean, this is just really building this this wider world, and I love to to see it. So great job. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, so this one part where uh, Master Words quotes a poem by um, a Wallace Stevens, it's called The Emperor of Ice Cream. Uh, I didn't get it, I'll be <laughs> honest, and it felt very out of place, so... Yeah, it was, uh, I felt, it was a little odd, but I mean, I thought it was I, fun. I, the, also, I think there might be a typo in the first section, which also added to my confusion, but I, I think, like, if you put in a reference that not everyone... Uh, may know that's fine i would just like add a little bit more context so it stands on its own i feel like if there was a little bit more like explicitly saying you just said something very weird you know because it's kind of um it it sort of feels like non sequitur i thought it might be saying like the the character might be saying this this poem about the emperor of ice cream so it was just like a way to be like i'm not listening i don't care what you're saying i'm just gonna say some nonsense Mm -hmm. um and maybe just like explicitly making that clear in the text would a uh, help me understand, but that's a pretty small thing, so um, yeah. Uh, what is the next story? Yeah, so the next story is by Glittering Coast with The Denier. Um, and so here we have another uh, story from a villain's perspective. Um, and it's really cool to see y'all exploring that that concept, but here we start off, it, it really feels like it's supposed to be a hero, right? Mm-hmm. We open with, uh, every hero has an origin story, and Jared, um, uh, got powers when he was uh, 10 years old and we so we see that first scene when he starts first discovering that power where um, this girl goes up to him and be like uh, you do you have a crush on this person and he says um, no and then the person just accepts it and then uh, he fails to turn something into his teacher and the teacher says you didn't turn in your assignment and Jerry just says yes I did um, and so he gets the, um, he finds out that his power is that he could, he could just deny a statement and people will believe whatever he says. It, um, he then like experiments a bit, but he does, um, uh, find out what the, what the powers, uh, like limitations and stuff are. And he starts going out on the street doing, you know, good deeds, very much like a, like a normal superhero. Mm-hmm. I did like how there's not much complication even though like his power is pretty like specific like someone has to talk to him for it to work you know yeah um like if if someone just punches him it doesn't say anything he's kind of well he's powerless so it's interesting <laughs> but people um, love to talk yeah it reminds me of that one character in um my hero yes which uh, is uh she shito shiro 
it's pretty he's a he's got a weird power mm-hmm. um oh by the way you need to watch the the new season yeah yeah yeah, yeah. one day <laughs> he's, he's a really important character okay fine fine um anyway uh but we get the implication that uh he's you know doing more and more uh vigilantism and that maybe it might not turn out well in the end and i think that's very plausible considering he has a horrifying superpower mind control is terrible yes exactly but i but yeah well within the story i really do like how this character doesn't immediately turn towards villainy you Mm -hmm. know because like i mean yeah this is a villain's power right being able to to deny anything you can do pretty much anything with with that power but i do like how at first they're they're going with oh yeah i'll 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 try and try and be a be a hero right but of course you know being a villain is so much easier and more re re uh, rewarding um but yeah i i really do like how the story is sort of set up it's sort of set up as like a tale right i mean it's 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 starting off with saying you know every Every hero has his own origin story, and then it's just rolling, rolling right, right into this 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 character of um, Jared, and then we sort of understand how he's coming to to terms with his power as a uh, youngin. And I really do like like when he does run into like maybe like a guy with a gun, how quickly he is he is to sort of de- defuse the um, situation, really showing how strong this this power really is, you know, and, and it's not power that's, you know, typically seen as strong, like strength or like whatever. Um, so yeah, I think that that's handled really well. I think of course, overall it's written very strongly. Um, and yeah, I, I really do like the, uh, last note that, that we are being left with, you know, how like, uh, he's sort of getting henchmen and starting to be like a super villain. Exactly. You know, cause it's like, why, why not? Might as well. Right. So yeah, I mean, yeah, this this story ha- has a really great topper, and I mean, I don't know who can take down the denier, really. Yeah, it's a very enjoyable read, so good job. Yeah, I like how it verged on, on silliness at, at some points, but it was aware of that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, his superhero name is um, The Denier, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, all right, our final story for this week is by Paradox, with an untitled story. Um, yeah, so this is a really, really good story. Actually, I um, I uh, was wanting to read it, but it was just like a bit too long to, to read on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, yeah, it was it was it's really really good. So Adam is uh, talking to this angel, um, and very much in the sort of like otherworldly sense, like humanoid but otherworldly at the same time. Angel, um, and uh, I really like that description. Uh, but he is being offered a deal uh, to fight demons, basically. Um, at least that's what uh, Adam understands, even though he's the one that uh, says, that suggests that it's, is it to fight demons? And the angel does not deny. So um, it's implied that it's like his destiny, that he has to do this. And so he doesn't feel great about it. Um, he's got like a, you know, he wants to have his own life. Uh, he wants to have his his free will and stuff and not just do whatever destiny tells him but it is his destiny and you know maybe it's to do good right and so this angel burns a mark into his hand and um uh brands him with like a an, an angel's influence right to eventually be called on right mm-hmm. and so then we go into um adam's life he goes to this party and he's going to be with this girl um this girl you know says that 
uh, it sort of like implies that you know let's let's go find a quiet place for each other, and he he likes this girl, um, but he gets a, a a bad feeling inside of him, and we get the implication that it must be from the angel mark, right? It's sort of warding him off from doing immoral deeds of some sort. And this goes on a couple of times in his life. He uh, was going to take a high-paying job, but you know he doesn't need that much money, so it was sort of rebellion against him. Um, or, or making him feel bad about it until um, he sort of like logicked it through to be so he would still live humbly while uh, getting a bigger income and being able to, to do more good in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, we we skip forward to the very end of his life. He's 70 years old um, or 73 and Kamael, the angel, has come back um, and he says, I'm too old to fight demons. And Kamael says, no, that's that was never why I... Uh, Brandon you in the same way that devils make deals with with people to uh, gain power for themselves you know take their souls uh, so do we angels basically uh, guiding people onto the right path even though free will um, makes people stray um, guiding people onto the right path uh, so that the side of light and uh, angel and the creator can win right and uh, the very end, uh, he gets sucked into the angel, the bad end, basically. He loses <laughs> his, his life. His soul is being absorbed by this angel, being forced into total, like, obedience and, like, in some forms, good, um, but no freedom at all because angels don't have free will. They just follow the path. And uh, he regrets not listening to his heart at that first time um, and not keeping onto his, his free will yeah definitely so yeah this is a uh, very extensive story but i really do love it i i love how it doesn't even read long right like every mm-hmm. section of it is really thick but it's filled with this great imagery this great the de- description we get to know a lot about adam um, especially when we go in into his backstory um and yeah this this angle of uh making a deal with with the angel is something that i really have not seen too often i really like how it is poor portrayed here how um it has the exact same consequences except instead of following down the quote-unquote dark class or you're going down the um light path um so yeah i mean like this yeah this story is just really strong it's it's filled with this imagery really really nice uh diction i i really love how this story is sort of uh, formulated you know it has a great flow we start off with um the the crisis you know them them meeting this angel and then we go in in to this backstory so that so that that only in informs us later on on like how we think the um ending should end right so yeah i mean overall great great story and, and i would definitely um recommend those listening to uh come and read it you know it's a, it's a really strong one really solid so uh really great job and thank you for uh su- submitting paradox uh, yeah, I really like this story. Um, it reminds me of some ideas that I've had about this stuff. I don't want to be like, oh, you know, listen to my idea. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I, I just, it, you know, this is an opportunity to talk about it. But like, um, I, I really like the, the dichotomy that's being drawn here, sort of, um, that uh, devils in, in, and demons in, in this story are like forces for like, yes, sin and, and bad things, but also in a way of uh, freedom, you know, mm-hmm. fr- like breaking the rules, um, kind of for the sake of, of breaking them. And maybe it's like, overall, most of the demons might be bad, right? But the angel side is the side of order and total obedience. 
And um, I, I've been thinking about that. There's a couple of like shitty, like half uh, written out stories that I, I have had with that sort of concept where like, you know, total change, total entropy, right? It's like the heat death of the universe. It's like everything's so disordered that nothing matters. That, that's bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but total order is like the moment before the Big Bang where everything is like totally ordered and there is no change either there's nothing nothing can happen um it's just a still point with no differentiation nothing that that is what total order would be mm-hmm. um and so life is this sort of middle ground where um you know there's enough order to like have structure to have meaning but um enough like change to you know have something interesting have progress have yeah things happening and those are much more interesting than than angels um who are without free will and and such so i really like the concept and it was really cool to see this thing that i've like thought about like articulated in this this way that i uh never would have Mm -hmm. yeah definitely yeah this this... way better than all the stuff i've written about it yeah yeah this this is a really dope uh concept there are some really strong strong themes being uh played with throughout this one and yeah i can definitely tell that um uh, paradox really put their foot in this one so great great job is that the saying yeah you know you you uh put your foot in it you know when you like cook something for a family dinner is it yeah i thought it was a bad thing no it's a good thing it's um have you ever seen the like proud family maybe it's um Maybe it's just a uh, African uh, uh, American phrasing, but no, it's it's a very good good thing. It's some someone oh, puts I, their foot. In I it. think it's I think it's more than one. What do you um, mean? I, I think you're you're absolutely right. That I think that is like a um like a for particular cultures that that's the meaning. You, you put your foot in the food, and that's mm-hmm. good. However, you're thinking about putting your uh, foot in your mouth, right? Yeah, that's that's yeah. the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So so put your foot in it is good yes putting your foot in your mouth is bad yes okay. and there's but also you but but putting your foot in it is usually referring to food which you do put in your mouth well yeah it's, so yeah mm, true hmm <laughs> interesting yeah <laughs> yeah uh there was this really funny scene sorry this is, this is a tangent but there was this really no, funny scene from the um proud family where um basically uh big big mama made this po tato salad and like basically th- this this was like a like sub subplot right um mm-hmm. but then at the very end after you know they were they were all like eating it they're like wow this is the best thing i have i've ever tasted it you 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 really did put your feet in it um mm-hmm. and and then uh big big mama said well well of of course and then she actually put her foot in the bowl of the po, <laughs> of the potato salad and then everyone threw up <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good yeah honestly what a what a classic old show that's kind of slept on not gonna lie Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I remember not liking it as a kid because I didn't like the art style, specifically the dad. I didn't. I really hated looking at the dad character. Yeah, yeah. Like it was just something about him. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I also hated like Hey Arnold and so a bunch of other shows just because I, the art style just like made me uncomfortable. Yeah, it's it's that flat sort of simplistic sort of hand drawn style. Yeah, and like with like the with the weird shaped heads. Yes, you know? yes. Which yeah. which I guess you know some people could call that body horror. 
So, <laughs> I, <laughs> well, I, I maybe, maybe it was to me growing up. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, yeah. So yeah. yeah uh, so that's our podcast. <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, let's do the outro. Well, I think um, it's high time to say thank you to everyone who's made oh, their you're story. So, right. so mm-hmm. thank you so much too. Sarah Penguin, Blarry345, Jarby Jazz, Matt Set Word, Glittering Coast, Paradox, and and more Didamail. Thank you so much for submitting your story to, to do the right thing. And also, we would like to say thank you to everyone who did leave comments. Leaving two or more comments not only uh, combines all of your own thoughts on your own story to put it out there for the entire world to see, but you're also providing someone else with great, fantastic, and crucial feedback that can only improve their, their writing along with yours. So... Thank you very much to Blarry345, Matt Set Words, Jarby Jazz, and Glittering Coast. Thank you so much for leaving comments. Yeah, and I saw some more of people reflecting on their own stories. Um, and that's, yeah, that's super, super great because it's, yeah, not just for yourself, it's also for other people. I mean, even if when you leave a, a comment on your own story, um, it's, it, even then it's not just for yourself. When someone reads that comment and they see what you're trying to do, um, they can learn from, you know, how you did it, whether that's a success or a failure or, you know, something in between. Um, yeah, it's always uh, it's always good to reflect. So yes, definitely. Thanks it's, for doing that. It's, it's all about growth and not perfection. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to be like all these wonderful writers and send your story in to do the right thing, all you have to do is go to slash r slash do the right thing on Reddit and uh, leave, write, sit down for 30 minutes and use three or four randomly generated words. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And if you want to support us and everything else happening in Doof Media, you can do that by donating to the Doof Media Patreon. Donating $10 or more per month not only allows you to get access to exclusive bonus content, including the latest episode of Doof Over, but also you will be able to vote in numerous polls on 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 what we play for certain game game clubs and book clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, so that's available at the $5 level. Um, so that lets you participate in the uh, Doof Media uh, community uh, a, a lot more, voting on fan art contests and writing contests, um, the books for uh, the book club, games in the game club, and on all sorts of things, um, as well as get access to our monthly Doof and Chills, which I'm very excited. Um, the one for this month, I think, is going to be on the, the night of the 28th, I believe. Uh, will be with uh, Malia and, and Jenny. So nice. they will have like a, an, an interview. I think it's going to be Elliot and Ruben interviewing them and sort of just getting a feel for them. So we um, just get to know a bit more about them now that they're part of the uh, of our community. So uh, I'll be tuning into that one um, and then I'm excited for the ones in uh, the future. Um, you, uh, if you, if you want to support us, you can also follow us on Twitter, uh, at RightThinkCast or send us an email at RightThinkCast.gmail.com. Um, and of course there's always so much else going on in Doof Media. Um, I know Kingslinger is, prog- is progressing a lot more. I know that mm, What to Say is nearing, um, the end of their show. I haven't caught up in a while, but I, I really, really want to. And, uh, we have a lot of plans for the future, so I'm excited to, to get around to those. Mm-hmm. And please stay tuned for those plans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I think it's high time to roll on into next week's words, don't you think? Uh, that's right. And keeping in mind that the theme is villains, what are the words for next week? The words for next week are collar, terrestrial, miracle, and hiccup. Okay, I really like these. Mm-hmm. These are interesting. Yeah. And uh, they for can once, I, I didn't know about anything. them before because I, I, I didn't post the, the words before this episode. Nice, nice. 
Okay, so the first one is uh, a collar, as in um, the uh, some sort of piece of clothing um, that goes around your neck. Although it might not be like clothing, clothing, it could be like a a shackle. Yeah, or like um, a brace, chain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or it could be a dog collar. Um, humans wear them sometimes, um, but also animals do more often. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, just you have a a shirt collar as well. So uh, it can come up in a, in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other meanings. No, nothing that comes to mind. No, uh, what's all. the next word? The next is it terrestrial? Is, is terrestrial? Yes. That's right. So terrestrial means something of Earth. Uh, so and it would count if you wanted to do extraterrestrial. Um, uh, so, which would mean something out of Earth. Um, so, yeah, anything that originates from the the ground, it's more of an academic term, but you could use it in a variety of ways. Um, and um, actually, I'm really excited for how people use this one. Yeah. Because I, it's, it's pretty specific, but also, like, broad at the same time. You know, I can picture magic systems using this word yeah. to describe... <laughs> Terrestrial you know. magic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh-huh. And the next one is miracle, which is anything is a great gift or happening that happens out of nowhere. Typically, it could be Mm -hmm. linked to magic, could be linked to to religion or just life itself. That's right. Um, Yeah, very common thing for uh, the miracle life. Did you ever watch the miracle of life? No, I didn't. What Do you know that? what I'm talking no, about? No, I don't. Oh, oh, it's um, when you first take uh, sex ed. Oh, right? are you talking about watching birth? Yeah, I yeah. Well, it's, that, it's, yeah. it's specifically like a yeah. It's a documentary where you get to watch a birth, mm-hmm. and oh god, my sex ed class was horrible. Like where they laughed the it was whole just, time. Yeah, shit like that, and just like making comments and stuff. And it was just like, come on, I just want to like learn how bodies work. God, like yeah, come but on. you know, like kids see like where at, at least my class couldn't take it seriously because it was too, I guess, I guess awkward. Or yeah. or a taboo to really take seriously. So the first thing that they're thinking is, "Hey, let's let's make jokes," you know. Well, it, I mean, it's like fine. Just like it, if you're the teacher, I, I, my teacher just like did not do anything to oh, rein okay. them in at all. Is the thing. So it's just like, yeah, there should probably there should be a section where we where we you know react right mm-hmm. and get all the stuff out. It's, all the questions. That's natural, right? Yeah. Makes sense. But then afterwards, like, hey, can we actually like learn? Would have been cool. And also, like, the, some of the boys in the class, like, asked some really, like, awful questions, like, really, and really, like, implied some horrible, like, sexist stuff. Oh, no. Um, you know, talking about, like, girls getting loose and stuff. It was, yeah. it was pretty bad. Um, yeah, I did not like that. Um, anyway, <laughs> miracle. Birth is a miracle, like, because, you know, new life and, yeah. and stuff. And then um, hiccup. Which is that thing that happens to your body when you drink water way too fast. Yeah. Um, it's a really annoying interaction. And uh, it's pretty hard to stop. And I hate that bodies do it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you, you can, as, as a metaphor, a hiccup in um, a solution is like a small, temporary, but maybe uh, difficult to uh, solve problem. So, yeah. That's what we got. Those are the words for next week. Uh, sorry. Uh, um, what's, uh, what's the story you're going to write, Jarvis? Hello? 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 What? Did something happen? Yeah, sorry. My uh, headphones died. Oh, damn. We're so close to the to the, to the the end. I know. Um, do, yeah, do you want to just narrate your, your story real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the story I will be writing next week 
um, invo- involves white collar crime. Um, but okay. these these white collar workers, you know, and they work at hedge funds, they work at law firms, they work on Wall Street. They're all extra tra- extra terrestrials because you see. A thousand years ago, there was a huge miracle on a very far off planet. They discovered space travel. And the first thing they they did w- was to come to a planet very similar to, to theirs, but a lot less de- developed so that they can usher in a new and better way of, of living so that these people can forego their own culture's mistakes. Um, so... Uh, from from when they came, they totally gave up on that I- idea because because capitalism rules. Um, so uh, yeah, now they're just working, making a, a whole bunch of money, uh, and it's and it's all going really good until one day when, when there's a little hiccup in their plans. Uh, you see, they are kind of like the signs, kind of like the signs a- aliens, so they can't really touch water. Um, so um, one of them, the one that is uh, that is working at the uh, law firm, um, he is he is talking to his girlfriend Susie, and then she oops, accidentally spills water on his lap. Uh, mm-hmm. So instantaneously, his leg catches on fire and sizzles. In into dust, and then he's trying as hard as possible to explain. Oh no, it's just my, uh, it's just my uh, <laughs> allergies, babe. I'm so sorry. You know this, this, this like isn't normal. Um, but as as soon as she starts seeing green and um blue blood, she she calls the, the cops, and then the cops call calls the military, and then the and okay. then the, and then the military calls the men in black. So, um, this, uh, this one legged, this one legged, uh, guy has to run from the entire, uh, U.S. government, um, because we will never let a, a, a alien live on American soil. Damn right. Mm-hmm. As it should be. Um, what was the first word? Caller. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't think about it at all. Um, but okay, this guy uh, got a uh, dog. Nice. Okay. Nice. Good. Got a dog, um, and by some miracle, it was already born with a collar, like in its neck. Oh. Like it's like its neck, like it had bone. Like, it's like the bone around its neck was in the shape of a collar, which is oh. uh, was really good. But otherwise, um, the dog was entirely um, ordinary. And um, after extensive tests by uh, scientists and stuff, because um, this guy, he, he brought them to the scientists, they were like, oh, no, this is this dog's entirely terrestrial. It's, um, it's from Earth. It's uh, definitely a normal dog, just weird. And he's like, wow, what? that's crazy. That's, uh, wow. And then he uh, went home, and then the dog drank uh, water really fast from a, a bowl, and it got hiccups. Wow. And um, it was really cute. Oh, well, that is really cute. And, you know, I, I, I hope we can, like, breed dogs to where that can just happen. Na- that can just happen. N- I do want a bone dog. Yeah. A whole bone dog. I want a bone, bone dog. dog yeah. a, a, a dog that's covered in armor. Mm-hmm. Bone armor. Actually, I, I kind of want, want a dog that doesn't have flesh or skin or mm-hmm. blood mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. or muscle. Mm-hmm. Just straight bone. Um, because I think that would look really cool and also scare yeah. a lot of people, which I'm really down Yeah, for. um... 
so this is this is obviously like a different kind of pet obviously yeah, 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 yeah. um but um have you considered getting a pet rock oh yeah yeah i i i did have one actually his um name was a uh, seymour um mm-hmm. but he died you know like like a like a that's month rough. after i that's got that's rough him, buddy so, yeah did you forget a yeah uh, i just i just left him out in the sun just just a little bit too <laughs> long so he baked yeah he baked and crumbled so damn it's sad that's that's rough buddy it's okay though my pet rock turned into the room and uh, moon is what i meant to say it was a joke about avatar but then i said room and now and it, i fumbled it oh <laughs> uh, yeah well i mean like normally the moon is like your girlfriend right if we're going off of if we're doing logic. the right thing about it yeah do the right thing <laughs> And that's the end of the show. I'm done. Date your girlfriend who's also a fifth. Who's also